welcome to the Off Lead Podcast, presented by Gun Dog Outpost. My name is Tyler Reeden, and I am your host. On today's episode, we have Nicole Warkington from Black Cloud Kennels out in California. Nicole and her husband are a small breeder uh, uh, located in Atwater, which is in the middle of the state, is what I learned. Um, anyway, Nicole gives background on her experience as a breeder, uh, what you should be asking and looking for from a breeder um, when you're going to get your next puppy. Uh, it's very direct and to the point, and I took a lot of notes and have them filed away for future reference. I think you'll, I think you'll find some some key pertinent things as well for you to take away from from this episode. Now, before we actually dive in, I need to talk about sponsors because they are what make this show possible. First, Gun Dog Outpost. It's the store that I own all the training essentials that you need to train your gun dog from bumpers to e-collars to leads head on over to gundogoutpost.com and check out the store today second hoist that is the beverage that i'm reaching for after every hunt and every training session hoist is an electrolyte beverage it's going to help you refuel and rehydrate so in this episode nicole mentioned that she drank gatorade after long days of training in the california heat which is good, right? You gotta have, you gotta be drinking something to, to refuel and rehydrate. Uh, but you know, you know that after after this episode, I mentioned to her to uh, to give hoist a try. It has three times the electrolytes, uh, traditional sports drinks, half the sugar, no artificial preserves, sweeteners, or dyes. Uh, it's also one of three approved electrolyte electrolyte beverages of the Department of Defense. Um, so it's it's the good stuff. It's the best. Um, it's re- it's really made a difference in, in how I feel. If you'd like to give Hoist a try, head on over to drinkhoist.com and use the code GUNDOGOUTPOST, all caps, one word, to get 10% off your order. Now, last and certainly not least, we'd like to welcome our newest sponsor to the podcast. That is Dakota 283 Kennels. So um, I'm really excited about this. And if you don't know who Dakota 283 is, well, I need to question why, first of all. Um, and then I need you to go to dakota283.com and learn about who they are. Uh, they make some of the finest pet products out there. The company motto is unparalleled pet protection. Um, you can see that in the design of all their products from kennels to storage to, to pet care, including portable food and water storage. So I've got the G3 kennel, um, which is a major upgrade <laughs> to say the least over the, the cheap plastic kennels that I have used for years. One of the biggest nuisances um, with those was that pin system on the door. Um, those things seem to, to go bad and rest out pretty easily. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, my G3 and really all the Dakota 283 kennels have a sommable door. It's got, it does not have a pin system in it, which I am extremely, 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 extremely excited about. Um, so, um, you know, makes my life a whole lot easier now. If you are looking at a new kennel for your dog, what I need you to do is head on over to dakota283.com. Use the code GDO10 to get 10% off your next purchase. All right. Um, with with all the sponsors mentioned, um, all the, the intros done, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. All right, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Hi, yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time to jump on. And as we get started here, why don't you give everyone a little bit of background? So your name, where you're located, and the name of your business. 
yeah, so my name is Nicole Workington, and me and my husband, Dalen Workington, we're in Atwater, California, and we are the owners of Black Cloud Kennels. Okay. How did you come up with that name? That was 100% my husband. I think it's a brand of ammunition, maybe. Okay. okay. But he kind of just thought of it, and I thought this sounded good, and five years later, it's still around. <laughs> okay, so you've, you've been doing this for five years, and... Um, you are a breeder. Are you also a trainer? Do you guys train dogs too? Yeah. So we do train dogs. Um, mainly we just train our own personal dogs. The only training we have for the public right now is just general pet obedience. So I do that out of my home for all breeds. Okay. Okay. Have you worked with any French bulldogs? <laughs> I have a couple times and I'll tell you, I try to stay away from them. Okay. <laughs> If you, if you hear, um, what sounds like a dying rabbit or something else dying in my house, just know it's a French bulldog. Um, cause <laughs> Noted. they make the one that, the one that I have in my house now is making some, he makes some really strange sounds. Um, okay. And are you guys, so are, are you doing, are you running black, cl black cloud kennels? Is that your full-time thing? Or is that on Yeah, top so my of? husband also works full-time for our local school district, but okay. I just stay home full-time with the dogs. Okay, got it. And how many dogs do you have? So we have nine Labradors with us right now. Um, my husband has a several miscellaneous hunting breeds. He had a pointer and a cocker spaniel. Okay. And uh, we're expanding into a second breed right now. Okay. Wow. Um, so you own, so nine labs, one cocker spaniel, and then is there? Yeah, then a, yeah, a GSP as well. And then a GSP. So you've got 11 dogs that you yeah. own personally. Okay. Yeah, pretty much our house is dedicated to the dogs at this point. I, I understand, but I will, uh, I'll have you know that that is prob, that's not the most dogs that I've talked to, that someone has owned that I've talked to before. I've, I've talked to someone who's owned 16 or 17. They actually See, that's comforting. Track. Yeah. So feel good about that. <laughs> All right. So you've been, you've been doing this for five years, I guess, what made you guys decide to get into, um, you know, the business of, of breeding dogs and, you know, training your own personal dogs and doing general pet obedience and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I was already doing pet obedience and was a dog trainer. Uh, when I met my husband, when we first started dating, I did not hunt. I didn't have a waterfowl dog had never okay. been waterfowl hunting. So he's the one that really got me into that. And um, his first dog, Elsa, who's now passed away. Um, she was a great dog, but not super well-trained. He did his best. So our second one, I was like, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to learn it. So I started watching all of these YouTube videos, researching it. Um, I worked with a professional for a little while. And I was like, this is just way too much fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's i uh it, it's so much fun and I, I might have to clip that out and like make that that comment right there like part of the intro or something regularly with the show but um it's so much fun do you um do you do any hunt testing with your dogs yeah so we don't have a ton of hunt tests uh we have some in california they're mainly down in the la area okay so locally around us we just have a handful a year Okay. And, and you're running your dogs in those tests? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that, that started, that started 
you started running those when you when you dove into to training labs and yeah so that first dogs. dog we got together um her name's willow we still have her so she's really the one that pushed me so she's the first one i ever got to a, a junior a senior level the sure. first one i ever competed with and uh was really the one that sparked all that interest in me sure yeah that's that's fantastic um and then i assume that a lot of the the other labs that you own so the other eight labs that you own are like some of her offspring yeah, so they're all part of the program or younger dogs who haven't quite joined it yet. Okay. And then we tend to um, keep back a puppy or two out of each of our litters, especially if it's a new pairing, to kind of evaluate and train ourselves and then either move them on as a started dog or go ahead and just keep them here with us. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. So how many litters a year are you guys, um, are you guys doing? Are you guys breeding? So usually for us, it comes out to about two litters a year. Okay. That's pretty, that's small. Yeah. I mean, it just run out of our house. Um, literally our third bedroom is a puppy nursery. <laughs> uh, we do it ourselves right now. Yep. The females kind of screwed us over. They decided to have their litters four weeks apart. Ooh. So we have uh, 18 puppies right now. I'm very sorry about that. Yeah. It's like a second full-time job. It's, <laughs> it's let's let's uh you know you have to you have to train um and take care of 11 of your own dogs and then there's 18 puppies on top of that so yeah it's, it's never a dull moment no 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 not at all that's 20 there's 29 dogs if i'm doing my math correctly oh. um that you are caring oh my gosh, for i never thought about basis. it but yes <laughs> i'm gonna try to forget that okay that's do you sleep barely barely <laughs> <laughs> all right so with earplugs yeah with earplugs i bet um okay so you guys do about two litters per year so you're, so you're a small breeder and the, the the dog that i have he's from a, a, a small breeder as well um i'm in southeast wisconsin the, the breeder is north of the twin cities um and there's a lot of like large you know organizations out there who, who breed a lot of dogs and you know they a lot of more hunt test dogs and this and that um but, you know, regardless if it's a big operation or a small operation, um, you know, I think there's probably some important things, right, to, to look for. So um, with, with your business, what, what's, what did you and your husband do or try to set up that, you know, made you or would make a, you know, a potential buyer of a puppy feel comfortable and, and ensure that they're getting a quality dog? Well, I'll say, I think we did the best route. Um, so before we got into breeding, we reached out to another breeder that we looked up to and we asked them to mentor us. Sure. So they're really the ones who introduced us to health testing, confirmation, and how to start our program. So I'm really grateful for her and everything she did. But definitely I would think health testing and temperament are two of the first things that anyone looking at a potential breeder should consider. Okay. Okay. And so for, for people who may not be familiar with that, like health testing, like what, what specifically should, um, should dogs be tested for? So for Labradors, you're looking at bare minimum genetic testing and hip and elbow evaluations looking for dysplasia. Sure. Okay. Okay. What about, what about temperament? I mean, I always think if you're looking for a hunting dog, find parents who are hunting, if not proven entitled, who are at least hunting. Sure. If you're looking for a lab to do your service work, 
you know, find a kennel that is producing service work prospects that their dogs have done service work. I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing is if there's an idea of what you want your puppy to do, choose parents who have the proven temperament of the puppy you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then let's see. So like what, I guess, what would be some like some red flags, some things that should should give you pause besides the fact that there's like four hundred dollar lab puppies for sale on Facebook Marketplace? I think nothing against them, but you know the the good old boys who have a lab and like, oh, he's great in the field. My buddy has a lab, and we bred him together. Sure. The they aren't roping the litter correctly. They may not be raising them in the most enriched environment. They're obviously not health testing. Mm -hmm. um, I think health testing probably the first thing you should ask somebody can you prove that to me and at least if you do that you're going to get bare minimum a decent breeder sure okay okay yeah and that's you know i went through some of like the health testing stuff with, with my dog so I'm, i have a have a pretty good idea of like what's required and what people should look for yeah, genetic testing hips hips elbows do you um do you test your dogs for like eyes and, and some of the other genetic stuff as well yeah, so um, canine ophthalmologists, we have one sort of local to us. With the investments in genetic testing and really being able to look for those genetic eye diseases, mm -hmm. I think that some people have stopped doing it, and that's fine. I'm not saying you, you have to do it. Uh, we definitely have several eye diseases we can now genetically test for. Uh, and then cardiac evaluations are another yeah. one that I'm starting to see a lot of breeders do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, um, like, so, you know, you mentioned, you know, raising, raising the puppies, like in a, in a, I think you said like enriching environment, is that the word it's used? Yeah. Um, talk, talk about that. Right. Cause I mean, the puppies, you know, they're going to be, they're going to spend eight weeks with the breeder as well. So, you know, how did, how do you guys, how do you have it set up so that, you know, your, your dog, the puppies are being exposed to proper things to, that they have the right environment to, to grow up um, in, in those first eight weeks. Yeah, so obviously the first thing, you know, moms were having them whelp in a temperature controlled room. Mm -hmm. uh, puppies can't regulate the temperatures. We gotta make sure it's warm enough for them. Uh, whelping box traction, that's kind of becoming a big thing. People are saying they aren't born hip dysplasia, that traction of the whelping box is kind of the first thing that's gonna help them have healthy hips. Mm -hmm. um, and then even little puppies, four days old, we're starting ENS, um, early neurological stimulation, which okay. is simply just holding them right side up, upside down, putting them on a damp cloth, just doing things to slightly stress them so sure. that they can learn to handle that stress and become stronger puppies. Sure. I've, um, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. That's the first I've heard of that. So I didn't, four days is that's young. Yeah. They're just little eyes aren't open. Um, just, just five seconds each little exercises that we do with them. Sure. Sure. Um, like what, um, so there's ENS, like as they go along, like, you know, they're two weeks old, three weeks old, four weeks old. What are the, what are some of the stuff that you're doing with, with the, the, the litters of puppies that you have? Yeah. So we try to try to make things that they can interact with things for them to go in, go under, go through, introducing them to water, temperature permitting, um, wings, uh, we recently found, I don't even know if this actually helps or not. It's like a soundtrack you play for the puppies. It has gunshots underneath music huh. and it's supposed to condition them to gunfire. Can't say if it works or not, but somebody turned us onto it and I was like, can't hurt. I'm just going to play it in the nursery. 
Is that is that uh, the two litters you have now? Is that the first first two that are going through that? Yeah, and uh, sounds horrible to me. <laughs> so not a great sounding CD, but it, it's supposed to help. And I I can say it's not at least stressing them out. They don't seem to hate it. No, and I, I think I actually think that I've I've heard of that before. Actually, um, not overly because I'm not really under the breeding side um, of things. I, I'm not very knowledgeable about it. I should say. Um, I think I've heard of that, but um, it's it's interesting to hear that that you're starting to use it. I'd be really curious, you know, to talk to you in like a year and find out if that is if it worked. Yeah, I, I don't know how we test it. We've never had a gun shy dog to begin with. Um, I think a lot of that's just building a confident puppy. Yeah. And um, but yeah, you know, anything to try to help them out in the long run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And so, I mean. Um, you know, I, I think what you're talking about, though, is, I mean, should people also look for breeders that are also going to do the things that you do from an exposure standpoint with your puppies? You know, yeah, um, I think at minimum, you should try to find a breeder that's, you know, interacting at least with the puppies. They aren't putting them in a whelping shed and just letting them, you know, live their lives till eight weeks old. Sure, sure. I, I Yeah, I, I think so, too. And so if so, if someone is looking for a puppy and they and they call you up, what what questions should they be asking? Like, what are the top three questions they should ask? Top three questions I'd probably say to ask is what, are, what health tests have you performed on the parents? Mm -hmm. Why did you choose to pair these two dogs together? What was mm -hmm. the goal of this pairing? And probably I'd want to know a little bit of, can you tell me the environment in which the puppies are being raised? Um, that's good. Uh, as far as like vaccinations and stuff, do you, are you, are you guys vaccinating dogs as well? Yeah. So we follow the, uh, six week vaccination program. So yeah. six weeks, they get their first shot and they get a booster every three weeks after that. All right. What, um, what am, what am I missing from like a, like a breeding standpoint? Like what, what, um, what haven't I asked about that? That's like really pertinent that people should look for in a breeder or that they should ask. Um, what, what am I missing here? I think it's been pretty thorough. I mean, if they have good answers to the dogs are healthy, they have a legitimate reason for breeding them and the puppies are being raised correctly. Mm -hmm. You really can't ask for more than that. Okay. Okay. I think that's good. That's, I think, um, I think that's perfect. I think that's like short and sweet and straight to the point. All right, let's um let's jump over to just to to rapid fire quick, um, and oh, and this is these are sort of the short, sweet, um, just straight to the point questions. And first, the first thing that comes to mind, Nicole, I want you to just go ahead and shout it out as your answer. Sound good? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, what is your favorite training tool to use with dogs? Versa launcher. Versa launcher. Okay. I think I've seen that in some of your videos and posts and things. It's fun. It's heavy, but it's fun. <laughs> it's also loud too, isn't it? It's very loud. Yeah. <laughs> do you wear, do you wear uh, hearing protection when you are using it? If I have it next to me, I will. It's usually pretty far out there though. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. What is your training shoe of choice? Crocs. Crocs. Yes. Excellent. Camo Crocs. Let's be specific. Okay. Perfect. And how many pairs do you own? Just one. Just, okay. All right. Well, All right. 
one design. I have like three pair of camo ones, but they're all the same. Okay, okay, that's what I mean. Okay, we got three, three pairs of Crocs. Perfect. They're all I, exactly the same. I have, I have two. They're actually mine are actually different designs, and one is like the basic setup, and the other one is like the the heavy duty four wheel drive setup. Oh man, I'm gonna have to get on that. Yeah, it's like the the ones with the velcro on the back. So if you're actually walking through mud, they don't they don't slip off. Um, all right. Uh, you're in Atwater, California. I have no idea where in California that actually is. So can you tell me what the temperature is outside right now? Right now, it's probably in the 50s. Midsummer, okay. we're probably talking about 110. Whoa. Wow. It's hot. Okay. We're in the Central Valley. So like the the worst part of California, the part that no one thinks about when they think of California. Okay. Um, so is it dry? It's dry. It's where all the farmlands are, all the dairies. Uh, okay. We don't have the beaches. We don't have the mountains. It's just ugly farmlands. <laughs> I love it, but it's not the part of California where you want a vacation. Okay. All right. Uh, that's fair. Uh, just for just for reference, right now it is a balmy twenty three degrees here. In oh, okay. Well, that yeah, I'm quite happy in here then. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, tonight it's going to be a low of uh, fourteen degrees. So. Nope. No, thank you. Yep. yep. No snow I, here. That I like that. I don't. Not a fan of the snow. I yeah. It. I like the seasons here in Wisconsin, but um, one ten is a little warm for me personally. Yeah, it gets a little hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you own nine labs, um, yellow, black, chocolate, or, and I'm going to throw in Fox Red because I own a Fox Red lab. We, yeah. So we own mainly yellows, two Fox Red. Um, we have two chocolates, a nine year old and a nine week old, and oh, they're wow. just adorable together. Okay. Um, but mainly, mainly we have yellows because they're my favorite. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, right now, what's the, is there a wait time on future litters that you have? Like how far? Yeah. So looking right now, our wait list is probably six to 12 months. Wow. Okay. But COVID has really made the pan, like pandemic puppies is a real thing. (laughs) It's a little bit insane. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard multiple stories about how, you know, you're going to, you want to, you have to get on a wait list for a puppy essentially. And it's, we're talking six to 12 to even up to 18 months, depending on. Yeah. It's really crazy how many applications we get right now. Not everyone gets approved, but just the number of applications we get period is staggering lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. What is your favorite species to hunt? Pheasant. pheasant. I'll, I'll say duck, but I just really love the taste of a pheasant. So it's my favorite to hunt. Okay. That's, that's fair. Are there, are there wild pheasants in California? Very, very few. Um, so we do have to travel. We do have like a shooting club. They put out pen raised pheasants yep. and pheasant shoot. So we'll do that. Um, but yeah, our wild population has really taken a hit. Okay. Yeah. There's, um, there's essentially no wild pheasants in the part of Wisconsin that I live in. And I end up doing a lot of, a lot of hunts at local hunt clubs and stuff and it is what it is. Yes, mainly where we go. Um, they've been doing a lot of conservation lately. Probably in the last five years, I've actually seen wild pheasants for the first time ever. Um, but definitely they're not a stable population. Sure. Yeah. No, that, I think that's fun. I think that's cool. I think um, I think in Wisconsin, there's just 
there's a lot of predation and not enough of the proper type of habitat, um, which is pre pre preventing any type of wild sustainable population, at least in the part of the state that I'm in. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, for 2021, any big plans, any big plans for the business or breedings or tests or travel or hunting trips, that sort of thing? I think our biggest plans right now is my husband uh, over the last two years has fallen head over heels in love with English Copper Spaniels, just loves them. So we are going to be expanding into that breed uh, okay. over these next three years. Okay. Okay. What, what made him fall in love? Uh, a little puppy. He okay. joined a, um, I think it was a raffle. He could have won lots of things, a shotgun, a hunt, and he ended up winning the puppy. And so we brought, we got him here and that is his little shadow. He loves that dog. I'm not going to say more than me, but definitely as much as me. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this, is he? Oh my God, I hope not. <laughs> Um, and if he does, he knows deep down it's true. So <laughs> you won't deny it. Um, all right. So I, I actually just got the chance to work with a Springer Spaniel, which I is pretty close to a, um, Cocker's. And it was a fun little dog. Um, I really liked her. She was really, really sweet. Um, like just the sweetest personality. Yeah, they're just really, really sweet dogs. And I, I like them too. I would like him more if he acted like. I was special, like my husband, but he's still a good dog. <laughs> You're not bitter or anything though, right? No, not at all. I'm not jealous of a dog at all. Totally not. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Uh, and then la last one for you. Uh, what is your post-training beverage of choice? Definitely Gatorade. Gatorade. That's fair. That's fair. Especially, especially if you're training in the summer. Um, you know, in that type of heat, you gotta, you gotta rehydrate. Okay. Um, that is it, Nicole. That's all I have for you. That's all the questions I have. That was fun. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, before we go though, um, I forgot to do this last time. So if people want to get in touch with you, if they have questions about breeders or, or your breeding program specifically, how can they get in touch with you? What are your social media handles? Do you have a website, email address? Yeah, so everything is pretty much under Black Cloud Kennels. Um, our website is just blackcloudkennels.com. Um, our email, blackcloudkennels at yahoo.com. We're on Instagram. Um, and definitely, I would say if anybody wants to reach out, especially if somebody is looking to get into the breeding game and they want to make sure they're doing it responsibly and doing the best thing for their puppies, uh, would love for them to reach out and help them out in that way. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's, um, I think that's a tremendous offer. And I think that's, like really responsible of you because you had someone who who mentored you and you're looking to to pass that pass that along. Oh yeah, I definitely would not have done it correctly, at least not in the beginning, if I didn't have her help. Right, absolutely, absolutely. I think that I think that goes for more than just breeding. I think that goes for a lot of things in the the dog training breeding world, where having that having that right mentor, those people to help you out, to help guide you, um, makes a world of difference in the long run. Definitely. Excellent. So, all right, Nicole, I will um, bid you farewell for tonight. Um, stay in touch though. And I'm sure we will talk again very soon. Yeah. Awesome.
That's it for this week's episode. If you found value in the content or enjoyed the conversation, I have a few favors to ask. First, hit that subscribe button. Second, share this podcast with another gun dog owner. Those two things uh, would mean the world to me and they hopefully won't take you more than 30 seconds. Last thing is if you have another 30 seconds, go ahead and leave a review. Your feedback is important and it's what drives this podcast uh, so that I can make changes and improve it going forward.